0: you up to get out early today and i'll tell you one thing that makes a baptist happy is getting out of church early on a sunday morning you know it does don't look at me like that you know it does <clears throat> matthew chapter 6 we're going to continue in our study of the lord's prayer matthew chapter 6 you see prayer is vital to believers It's to the Christian what breathing is to the body. Charles Spurgeon said, I know of no better thermometer to your spiritual temperature than this, the measure of the intensity of your prayer. Prayer, at least private prayer, is a great indicator of where you are spiritually. There's a lot of things we can do to be religious. There's a lot of things we can do with the wrong motivation. You can preach with the wrong motivation. You can teach with the wrong motive. You can sing with the wrong motive. But very rarely would you have a deep, personal, private prayer life out of a wrong motivation. Prayer is personal communication with God. And as we look to be like Jesus, we understand and we realize that prayer was very important to Jesus. Mark chapter 13, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark jesus got up left the house went to a solitary place where he prayed luke 5 it says but he would often slip away to the wilderness and there he would pray luke 6 said he went off to the mountain and he spent the entire night in prayer with God. that's why in luke 11 verse 1 the disciples come and they don't say lord teach us to preach They don't say, Lord, teach us to sing. They don't say, Lord, teach us to work mighty miracles. But instead, they say, Lord, would you teach us to pray? It's very important. Prayer is the drawing into the presence of God, and it gives us life, it gives us substance, it gives us purpose. The Lord's Prayer is not simply to be recited. It's not meant to be a ritual or routine, but rather a mat that we put our prayers next to. So let me ask you to stand, and I'm going to read Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. It says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Lord, we ask that you would be glorified, that you would be honored, and that you would speak through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. As you're being seated, let me ask you a simple question. Why don't we pray more? If we're honest, we look at our life, we look at our spiritual life, and we realize, many of us, that our prayer life is weak. Why do we not pray more often? Do you believe in the power of prayer? Many of us would say yes. But yet in our practical life, the way that we live, it is a weak point. You see, thy will be done unknowingly can have a negative connotation to many of us We think isn't God sovereign and we know that God is sovereign Isn't it apparent that the will of God will in fact be done and some take that statement and they go a step further And they say if that is true Then why should I pray if God is sovereign? Then why do I pray maybe you've not asked it like that maybe for you? It's more like this I've had times in my life that I go to the Lord and I pray, and I hit my knees and I pray and I pray and I pray, but I feel like my prayers are captured in the room. You ever been there? You pray, you seek God, and you, you just go with all your heart in prayer, but you feel like God doesn't hear. And you say, Lord, can you hear me? Lord, listen to me. Lord, I need you in my life. And because you feel like God doesn't listen, you see less and less value in prayer. Maybe most of us have had a time like that. In my life I have, when uh, Brittany and I first got married. We got married and a little while later we were ready to start a family. Both of us love kids and long to have children. And uh, so we tried to start a family and weeks turned into months, several months passed and nothing happened. And then we found ourselves in a fertility clinic And my wife started taking medications, and uh, she was getting a a shot in her stomach every day. And uh, still, time went by, and nothing happened. And I remember as a husband, I remember laying in bed beside my wife and listening as she would sob. And the tears would roll down into her pillow. And I remember the feeling of being so helpless. I don't know what to do. I I can't fix this. And so what did I do? I prayed. And so I would lay there, and I would pray. A lot of the night, I would pray, and I would pray in faith, and I would pray the way that I was taught, the way I knew how, and I would pray, and I would pray, and I would pray. But those days kept going, and weeks kept passing, and months kept accumulating, and nothing happened. And I remember through that season just thinking, God, can you even hear me? God, I'm praying. I'm doing everything that I know to do, but I feel like you're not listening. I feel like you can't hear me, and my prayer life began to get weaker and weaker and weaker. It's a tough issue. Maybe you've been there. Now, I I know that it's relevant. You say, Case, how do you know it's relevant? I know it's relevant because we filled this room up every week, and the prayer altars are usually pretty empty. Now I believe that a prayer altar is not an indicator of your prayer life I know that many of you we have a strong prayer life at home in our closet That's the way it ought to be but occasionally Occasionally maybe once a year maybe something I feel like the Lord would lead us to a prayer altar Something that we're facing that's big and we would go to that altar and we would we would pray But a lot of us I think if we're honest Our prayer life is weak Because maybe we don't see the point In prayer I can tell you that God is sovereign but I can also tell you that prayer works if you let your theology destroy your prayer life then you have bad theology thy will be done is a reminder that when we pray we pray in accordance with the will of God let me show you a few of these negative connotations number one thy will be done does not mean bitter resentment If you're taking notes inside your bulletin, you're going to see a spot to take notes. Thy will be done does not mean bitter resentment. Because listen, it could be that these words are said, but they're said in resentment. There are those who think that God is oppressive, that God is overbearing, that God is selfish, and they believe that they know better than God does. And so when they say the phrase, thy will be done, they say it, but they resent it in their heart bitter resentment that the inevitable fate is going to take place anyway bitter resentment is built on a lack of knowledge about god and his goodness bitter resentment stems from the fact that they know god they know about god but they don't truly know god and his character for some folks they see thy will be done and it's nothing more than a cop-out It means that if my prayers are not answered, it's just a cop-out to say it really wasn't the will of God. Bitter resentment because you feel like God has let you down in the past. And let's just be real for a little bit today. There's a lot in this room and you feel like God's let you down. There are several in this room, and as you have navigated through life, and life is tough, and life is difficult and life is hard and as you have navigated through life there have been times that you have prayed and God has not answered the way that you wish and it has built up to a type of resentment I remember in my life the story I told you about my wife was not getting pregnant despite all effort despite prayer and we were working with the teenagers at that time and so would be in and out of the schools and I remember seeing these young teenage girls that were pregnant. And I remember praying and saying, God, this makes no sense. Lord, we're trying to honor you, trying to seek you, and we're not having children. But these girls who are not ready, they're having children. And I, I began to be resentful towards God. I began to change the way that I see God. And it was a difficult time in my spiritual life. You see, when. When God doesn't answer your prayer the way that you wish that he would, the enemy's going to come in and begin to question who God is in your life. The enemy's going to come in and say, you know what, you really wanted that job promotion and that job would have been so good for you. You would have been so happy with that job. Why did God not give you that job? Does God really care about you? Or when you get that phone call and somebody that you love, someone that you care for has been diagnosed with a terrible disease— and you hear that and the enemy's gonna come and say, if God really cared about you, you wouldn't be going through this. Or when you look at others and it seems like their life is so easy and everything just falls into place, but your life can be hard sometimes. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it takes a whole lot of effort and you sit back and you say, God, why are things so hard in my life? Why, why is my loved one sick? Why didn't I get the promotion? Why did you not bless me in this way? and you begin to question the character of God. Resentment that is unfounded, resentment that is contrary to the character of God. But listen to me, this has been the tactic of our enemy since the very beginning. I thought this was so interesting. When you go back to Genesis chapter 3, you don't have to, I'll read it to you. Genesis 1 and 2, we see the creation. Everything is good, amen? No problem, no sin, everything's perfect. Genesis 3, we see this creepy serpent come along i hate snakes if you love god you hate snakes too okay amen y'all don't amen anything spiritual but you amen that thank you ryan okay all right and so here comes this serpent and he comes and he finds the woman and the first thing he says did god actually say that you shall not eat of any tree in the garden he's questioning god questioning the character of god and then he says, you know, if you, if you take that fruit, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, he says to Eve, listen, God is holding back from you. God is trying to hold something good back in your life. God doesn't love you like he should, because if God loved you, he would give you this fruit. So why don't you go ahead and bite into this fruit? And she took it, hook, line, and sinker, and by doing so, brought sin into the world. And it begins, if you really look at it, it begins by questioning the character of God. Listen to me. I know that life can be hard. I know you've gone through some great times and some really tough times, but I want to tell you, God loves you. God, honestly, He loves you. He wants what is best for you. Do not let your disappointments build into resentment in your life because it will be detrimental to your spiritual life. So, thy will be done does not mean bitter resentment, but next we see that thy will be done doesn't mean passive resignation. Thy will be done doesn't mean passive resignation. Some folks believe that whatever will be, will be, and there's nothing I can do about it anyway. I'm talking about the acceptance of the world, the way that it is, and we are just along for the ride. Passive resignation is built upon a lack of faith. In your heart, you begin to see little value in prayer. Why is your prayer life weak? For many of us, because we see little value in prayer. I honestly believe that the primary reason our prayer life is weak is because we don't know if it does any good. We don't think prayer amounts to much, so we don't spend our time in prayer. And by doing so, we miss out on the blessings of God. There are a lot of folks who pray, but they do not expect God to move in any such way. I can give you a biblical example. Flip over to Acts chapter 12. I want to show you this in the Bible. Acts chapter 12. You're close to it. Flip over a few books. Acts chapter 12, and we're going to look there in verse 1. It says, About that time Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And so Herod, had, Herod has killed James, okay? And when he saw that it pleased the Lord, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. So Peter's in a bad spot. James has already been killed, and it looks as though Peter is next. And so the early church hears about this, and they do what you would expect. They gather together, and they begin to pray for Peter. Can you imagine the way they do it? Maybe they join hands in a circle and they say, Our dear Heavenly Father, would you please bless Peter? Peter is in a bad spot. He's in chains right now. Lord, I pray that you will drop the chains off of Peter. I pray that you will let him escape. Lord, I pray that you will work in some miraculous way. Let him to be freed from prison. Amen? They're praying this prayer on behalf of Peter. Look at verse 6. So, Peter's in jail, and it says Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. Skip down a little bit. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him. He struck Peter on the side. He woke him and said, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off of his hands. And so, Peter is freed. He gets up, he walks out, and he goes to the house of Mary. He finds the house of Mary, and that happens to be where they are having the prayer meeting. And they are still praying. What are they praying for? For Peter. For Peter to be released. For Peter to be freed. And so Peter goes up, and he knocks on the door. Look at verse 12. It says, When he knocked at the door of the gateway, the servant girl named Rhoda came to answer and recognizing peter's voice and her joy she did not open the gate but she ran and reported that peter was standing at the gate look at verse 15 and they said to her you are out of your mind now it's humorous it's funny because what are they praying for they are praying that peter will be released that peter will be saved and when the servant girl comes up and says oh it's amazing peter's here peter's been released they say girl you crazy there is no way peter's here because peter is in jail peter is locked up that's what we're praying for leave us alone but she kept insisting that it was so and then they said it must just be his angel." verse 16 it says and peter continued knocking can you imagine here's peter and he's at the door and he's thinking will somebody please let me in and he's knocking and he's knocking and he's knocking and it says when they opened the door they saw him and they were amazed why were they amazed they were amazed because they did not expect their prayers to do anything that's why they're amazed why do they say this servant girl was out of her mind because they did not expect their prayers to do anything charles spurgeon says prayer without faith what sort of prayer is that it is the prayer of a man who does not believe in god in reality the denial of prayer is a denial of god himself james one says that when you ask ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the lord listen when you pray do you believe it's going to do anything when you pray when somebody's sick and you pray do you really expect that there's power to your prayer we've all got issues listen this room is full of messed up people i know that i'm one of them we are messed up people we have problems we have issues we ought to be people who are caught up in prayer but when you pray do you believe that god's going to do something because if you don't you're going to find that you pray less and less and less thy will be done what's next it desires a change thy will be done desires a change let me show you something the phrase that says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven answer this in your heart. Not out loud. Answer this in your heart. Do you believe that God's will is always done? Think about it. In your heart do you believe that God's will is always done? You see the prayer has an implication. To pray thy will be done it implies that God's will might not always be done. Now some of you are getting uncomfortable. Hang with me for a minute, okay? Promise this is not heretical. Okay? Hang with me. I remember at the the passing there was a a young person that passed away and the family was grieving I can't even imagine the loss and the sorrow and people come by and situations like that what do you do you try to have words of encouragement you try to have words of peace so I'll never forget hearing a man walk by and he said well it must have been the will of God and I watched on those parents faces it's like the life was sucked out of them it's hard what do you think is it the will of God that's hard for your prayer life and I start thinking do you believe that it's the will of God that diseases are rampant cancer heart disease is that the will of God families being ripped apart by divorce is that the will of God when you turn the news on you see a tragedy you see an individual go into an elementary school And do terrible terrible things is that the will of God I propose to you that that's not the will of God in fact that's what Jesus came into the world to stop it's uneasy to think about and just hang with me for a minute second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 it says the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance God's will is that all would find repentance. Amen? Just read that. Amen. That is God's will. But do all find repentance? No. There are some, the Bible makes it clear, there are many who die in their sin. It's not the will of God that folks die and spend eternity separated from God. You see, we live in a world of chaos and confusion. And many of us, we grow to accept it. We come to accept life as it is on its own terms. And when we do, we surrender a Christian worldview. But God does not accept it as the way it is or he would not be busy trying to change it. Do you know what your Bible is a story of? Genesis 1 and 2, we see perfection. Genesis 3, sin comes into the world, messes everything up, and the rest of the Bible is God fixing it, pulling it back, reconciling humanity to himself. That is the story of the Bible. And I just wonder, how do you think God feels? How do you think God feels when he created such a beautiful place and he looks down and he sees folks living in depression with terrible anxiety? How do you think God feels when he looks down and he sees so much chaos, so much confusion around us today in cancer and disease and broken homes? How does God feel about that? I'll tell you how he feels. He hates it. And you and I should hate it too. You say, well, if God doesn't will it, then he allows it. And I would say amen to that. God doesn't will it, but he allows it. But do not make what God allows an expression of what God wills. Do you understand that? That's very important. Do not make what God allows the expression of what God wills. Because in this room, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, a lot of issues. And I just want to tell you, the Lord is working to provide a way that there is no more cancer. Amen? Amen the Lord's working to provide a way there's no more heart disease there's no more COVID-19 there's no more suicide there's no more shootings there's no more depression there's no more anxiety that is what the Lord is working toward and when we pray and we say Lord let thy will be done we rebel against the world we rebel against every fallen nature of the world all the sin all the disease all the destruction everything that is a result of the evil around us to say thou will be done it means i don't accept it the way that it is jesus did not come in and accept things the way they were when he goes into the temple and he sees the mistreatment of the house of god does he turn around and say well it is what it is no he goes in and he overturns tables he grabs a whip and he says this is not the way it's supposed to be He rebelled against it. He was outraged. He was furious. He chased people out. He lashed out. And I wonder, have we accepted things the way that they are, or do we get mad? I think it's time for Christians to get upset. Listen, the reason that you go through hard times, the reason that you see terrible things around you, is because we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world, and evil is abounding, and sin is all around us, and those are the consequences of sin. But I'm telling you, we serve a God that's going to remedy all of this. And that's where our faith comes in. We pray for God's will to be done because we know that His will is best. Thy will be done as it is in heaven. James 5:16 says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power at its working. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I'll tell you, in this room, if we believed that verse, it would change our life. If we believe the prayer of a righteous man availeth much, can you think of how much more time you would spend in prayer? If we believe the Bible and what it says, our prayer life is weak because we believe that prayer is weak. Our prayer life is ineffective because we believe that prayer is ineffective. Our prayer life has no power because we believe that prayer has no power. Thy kingdom come reminds us of what we are looking towards and what we are longing for, what we desire to see around us. But next we see that thy will be done removes pride. When we pray thy will be done, it removes pride. It's hard to be preoccupied with God in your prayers, and there's one basic reason, and that's because we are so selfish and prideful. The sin of pride is the sin that created the existence of sin. In Isaiah 14, we see Lucifer and five times. He says, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. It wasn't the will of God any longer. Now it was his will. And now we live in a world and there are billions of wills. We all have a will, but there's only one right will. And that is, of course, the will of God. John Stott says, every true prayer is a variation of the theme, thy will be done. The prayer is hard. You know why? The prayer is hard because we think that we know best. I know you do. I do a lot of times too. When I go pray and I've got a problem, I say, Lord, this is my problem, but let me tell you how to fix it. You ever do that? Lord, I've got this problem, but I know exactly how you need to fix it. And so, Lord, here's the issue, and here's what I need you to do. Let me give you a step-by-step plan, guide. This is step number one. This is step number two. This is step number three. And if you follow my steps, we're going to be okay on the other side. That's pride. It's all about me, and I don't trust you. Can I just let you in on a secret? God knows more than you do. God knows more than you You see one little... Spot on the the map. You see one little piece of the puzzle. God sees all of it. God knows what he's doing. And so when we pray, Lord, your will be done. Thy will be done. It's an acknowledgement that, Lord, I trust you. You know more than I do. And I trust that. That's where faith comes in. Lord, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is my desire. But I trust you more than I trust me. That's where you remove pride. Because some of us, We always think we know best We always think we have the answer We always think it stops right here with me And that will kill your prayer life You say, well, how do we do that? How do we get pride out of the way? Romans 12, 1 says I appeal to you, therefore, brothers By the mercies of God To present your bodies as a living sacrifice Holy and acceptable to God Which is your spiritual worship the question is not this morning can you die for jesus but can you live for jesus think of abraham when he took his son and he laid him on the altar he said i will give you anything i am totally surrendered to be a a christian that's walking in the lord it means i've been bought with a price i'm not my own anymore but i'm living for jesus I want you to be glorified through my life it's not about me it's not about my kingdom it's not about my money or my comfort but god it's all about you can you live a life that's totally surrendered so last question what is the will of god we're praying for his will what is the will of god well we could take weeks on that we don't have much time left so we're not going to but the will of god Definitely we go, we pray for healing. We should do that. Pray for healing. Pray for struggles. Pray for those who are going through difficulties. We pray for God to be glorified. We pray for God to be honored. But what does the Lord desire? Well, when you look at your Bible, I think what you find ever since the fall is that God desires reconciliation with the ones that he loves. Most well-known verse in the Bible— John 3, 16, what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the will of God, that folks would would be reconciled again with the Father because he loves you. He wants what is best for you. And so it's a prayer not only for our needs, but it's a prayer of evangelism. Lord, would you bring the lost to you? That's what it's a prayer of. Now, we're going to close. Let me give you an example of this. Go to Luke chapter 22. I'd like if you open it. That way you can see it in your Bible. I think it's a a great closer for us. Luke chapter 22. And what we see in Luke 22 is it's getting towards the end of the life of Jesus. His crucifixion is drawing near. It's coming close. And so we see that there's a, a prayer that Jesus prays. You'll know it well. You probably read it hundred times but it's a great reminder from our text Luke 22 beginning in verse 39 it says and he came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him and when he came to the place he said to them pray that you may not enter into temptation and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw And he knelt down and he prayed. Listen. And he said, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. This cup, the crucifixion is coming. I know I'm going to be beaten. My blood is going to be shed. I will have the sin of the world upon my body. I will be separated for the first time from the Father. There's anguish that goes with that. And so he prays a prayer from the heart. And he says, Father, if there's any other way Please let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from the prayer, he came to the disciples, found them asleep he said why are you sleeping rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation he prays to the father and what's the request lord if there's any way please let this cup pass from me did god answer that prayer in the way he prayed it no if you're watching on the outside you would say did god even hear that prayer where's god at his son's calling out calling out with anguish his, his his blood vessels are bursting in his sweat is water mixed with blood where's god at god do you hear your son you've been there before but for us on the other side of it what do we know god had a great plan amen we are saved through the crucifixion and the resurrection of the lord jesus christ and so when jesus prayed and he said Father, if there's any other way, please let this cup pass. But then he says, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Do you know what the key is? This is how you pray that. It's when you know and you trust God. The key to thy will be done is knowing God and trusting God. I know God's character. You see, there's a difference in knowing about God and knowing God. When you truly know God, you know he loves you. You know that he cares for you. You know that there's nothing that you go through in your life that he's not right there with you. You know the character of God. Has anybody here felt the presence of God recently? Anybody here been through a difficult time, but God was right there with you? You've experienced that. He's right there with you. You know him on a deep and a personal level, and then you trust him. You trust him, and you say, Lord, this doesn't make sense to me. This is not the way that I would step it out but you're god and i'm not and in faith i trust you and if we can do that it'll change our life it will change our life you see this is i don't know maybe it's just me it's it's a serious serious message it's one that we face when we go through difficulty it's one that we face when we feel like god's not listening I tell you, you've got a whole Bible of direct revelation that says that God hears you. It says, cast your cares upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. He loves you. Now there's some, because of the evil, there's some bad things that He allows to happen. Everything goes through God. He allows things to happen. But throughout all of that, He's with you. He loves you. He cares for you. And he's got a great plan for your life. Even when you don't see it. There's that that new praise song that says, even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. You might be in a time in your life right now that's tough and you don't feel it. But I promise you, God's working. And it could be. It could be that you look back on this trial. James says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Why? Because you know that God is stretching you and God is molding you and God's working through your life. And so it may be that through this trial, you're going to look back on it one day, maybe a long time from now, you're going to look back on it and you're going to say, oh God, you are so good. I don't understand it right now, but one day you will. And it may not be on this planet, but one day, you'll see it a whole lot more clearly. And until then, we trust God. We trust His goodness. We have faith in Him. So know God and to trust Him. Let me ask you to close your eyes, bow your head. The question is simple this morning. How is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? maybe you look at it and you say well it's not what it used to be And then i would ask you why is it night could it be that there's been some resentment in your life you feel like well god didn't answer my prayer like this and i don't i don't know if prayer works i've lost some zeal or maybe you've grown to the place that you say i don't even know if Prayer works anyway. What's going to be is going to be, so why pray? And you see that your prayer life has gotten weaker and weaker. Maybe the Lord's calling you back and saying, hey, let prayer be a vital part of your life now. I want to have that intimacy with you again. So maybe there's a stirring within your heart. Look at your prayer life. Where is it what needs to change? Maybe you're here, you have no relationship with the Lord. You don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe he's drawing you to salvation this morning. That would be awesome. Maybe you're looking for a church. I don't know what you need. But I can tell you, as the times get tougher, we're going to have to be a praying group of people, a group of people who believe in the power of prayer, who are seeking the will of God. Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your blessings. Lord God, I pray that... We will be a group of people who believe in the power of prayer. Lord, I believe, Lord, I ask that when we know somebody's hurting, someone's lost, Lord, that we will pray, we will pray, we will pray, knowing that the prayer of a righteous man has great power to it. Forgive us if we've grown lackadaisical in our prayer life. I pray that we'll bring you glory, honor, and praise. To the name of Jesus, we pray, we ask all of this. Amen. Stand with us. We're gonna to sing together.
1: Just as I am with that. I come desperate to be rescued, I come Freedom bought, and now to glory in Your cross, o Lamb of God, I come. I come. Broken. Sing, I come broken. One more time.
0: to be real quick thank you again so much for being with us this morning don't forget we'll be back this evening six o'clock and this evening we're looking at thy kingdom come And so thy will be done this morning. Thy kingdom come six o'clock this evening. Hope you'll be back with us. Don't forget, pray for our missionaries. They'll be traveling home. And so make sure you pray for them. I know we can't wait to hear all about their trip. Evangelism weekend next weekend. Sign up. We've got a sign-up sheet right back here in the foyer. We're going to be catering some meals. And so we need to know who's coming. And we need you to be coming. So make sure you sign up for that. It's going to be a great, great weekend branson christmas trip november 16th through 19th always a fun trip more details coming on that really soon and then thrill on the hill a week from monday and we need some candy and so you're gonna see buckets in the back go buy some candy the good candy it's not cheap that's why we need help so go grab some good candy bring it up here the staff will eat some and we'll save some for thrill on the hill all right so amen be at your spot And uh, we look forward to seeing you. Thank you so much for uh, being with us. So glad that you're here today. Let's pray together. Brother Vernon, please.